One of the main advantages of startups is speed. You execute quickly so you can grow faster than your competitors, and then you take the incumbents down, right? That's how the story goes. Well, unfortunately, going fast and executing quickly is a little harder when you're remote because you're not in the same room. You can't get together and whiteboard out a problem, right? Remote makes it a little slower, which really matters for a startup, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our new sponsor for forward-thinking founders, Sidekick. Sidekick is a hardware device that connects remote founders with an always-on video. With Sidekick, you just turn and you talk just as if you're sitting in the same room. It's great for teams that are working on something from scratch and are working all the time founding a company. Luckily, because you're a listener of forward-thinking founders, you get Sidekick for a discount, $5 off per device. So if you're interested in having an in-person feeling, in-person environment with your remote team, feel free to go to sidekick.video slash FTF to get $5 off a device per device. So you could save up to $20, $30, $40 a month by going to sidekick.video slash FTF. So if you're feeling the remote woes, you know where to go. Sidekick.video slash FTF. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical skill yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Chris Pattison, who is working on Hackerstash. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Yeah, great. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You are working on something really fascinating and something I've actually written a little bit about, not specifically Hackerstash, but this world that you're in. So let's kind of, for people that don't know what Hackerstash is, let's start high level. What are you, what are you working on? And for people that don't know what Hackerstash is, what is it? Yeah, sure. So Hackerstash is, is a private, it's like a community-led accelerator for hackers, entrepreneurs, bootstrappers, and a bit like any accelerator, you're there to sort of launch and grow your project. But Hackerstash is going to be entirely driven by community participation in, in a short weekly tournament format. And we're never looking to take equity in the business. It's more about using community as a vehicle to, to drive and encourage business growth. So let's, a, a couple of questions. So um, let's say I wanted to partake in this for like forward thinking or something like the forward thinking brand. Um, h- how does someone, I guess, can you describe a little more about the tournament? How does it work? Uh, obviously, I know everything on this podcast is early stage, so everything's kind of up to change. But like right now, what what is the format of the tournament or how does it work on a deeper level? Yeah, sure. So at the moment, essentially, as a, as a 
user, you'd join and you'd add your project to the tournament and it's the projects themselves as sort of the participating entity, like you you pay a subscription with, we're sort of ballparking around eight to ten dollars a month to have your project participating. But after that, you can have as many teammates as you want, and they can all participate in the tournament. There's no additional cost. And um, and once they're enrolled, the format's really really simple. It's uh, it's a, a lot like a forum style community like Indie Hackers, but instead of this sort of um, this uh, sort of continuous sequence of um, of sort of posting and sharing and uh, communicating with one another, it's it's based on very short cycles, like a like a sprint esque tournament. So you'd um, you're sharing updates about your project, your like you know what you're learning, what the big wins and losses were, and reaching out to the community to offer and receive advice and support. But whereas in you know lots of communities, you'll you'll typically you'll earn reputation points, but they go towards your user profile. Like if you were on Indie Hackers or, or Reddit, for example, on Hackerstash, all the reputation is aggregated on a per project basis. So, so each post or comment that you're, that you're making as like an ambassador for your project, at any points you're making for, for sort of wisdom that you shared or advice you've offered elsewhere, then that's all contributing to the score for your project for, for the week. And at the end of the week, we just we take a snapshot of the leaderboard and we announce the winners. And it's uh, so when we have no hand in what the winners are, it's entirely about who everyone in the community believes has had the most successful week. They've achieved the most, they've added the most value to the community, but also pushed their business forward in a meaningful way. And um, yeah, the the uh, the scores are then wiped and you start again. Um, the, in terms of the prizes, like we're we're starting like very very small because um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's also going to be the case that the community will be small to begin with. But it might be the case that in first place you'd win say two hundred fifty three hundred dollars towards your project. Second place might be a few hundred dollars as well. Same with third place. And but essentially, we want to make sure that all of the top fifty percent of competitors will earn at least a few dollars and realistically if you're regularly engaging in the tournament it's actually the case that your your subscription would also be negated so you wouldn't have spent any money to participate in the community and there's a high likelihood that you'll be able to to take on small amounts of cash to help you spend and experiment with your business how did you get the idea for this? Or I guess, could you share a little bit about the origin story for Hackerstash? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, because it's a, like, I guess, addressing the sort of why and how together. Um, it, was, it was inspired by a sort of a confluence of, of different things. But I think the top three is really that uh, we'd, like, the co-founders that I'm working with and myself, we'd, We'd recently had a project that had had failed, and um, and at the exact same moment as that was happening, there was this like clear recognition of this tsunami of economic destruction that was being meted out by the the global pandemic. And then, and also we've um, we were participating in and um, in the Pioneer tournament. I think I know that Daniel, um, the founder of Pioneer, has also been on on a guest on the pod. Um, and yeah, so the, those three things were sort of the basis of it. I'm I'm happy to to take those in turn if that's helpful, or I can sort of keep it a snapshot like that. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think obviously market for like when you when you have an idea, it's not just like randomly 
oh, boom, idea. There's always forces that lead to that. Um, and it's just good to know some of those forces. So I, I'm interested to kind of hear your take on just the overall like ecosystem. If, if you're open to sharing of like hackers, makers, I mean, there's indie hackers, there's Hacker News, there's, there's Pioneer, there's like, there's a lot of like communities for, that are like supporting, um, like supporting people that are just getting started. And there's not nearly enough, right? There's like, and there's not like a bit, like there, there needs to be like way more and like way more, like and just like a lot, a lot of great ones. But I would love your take on just like, where's the industry going? Are there more makers today than there were five years ago? And um, yeah, just where do you see this like side project slash full-time project slash company progression going, you know, in relation to Hackerstash, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, like firstly, yes, I think that there there are more the sort of hackers, entrepreneurs, makers that there's there's always been a lot of us around for sure. But but like things like, I mean, it's the tail end of the, the Great Recession, right? Like lots of people were, were being made redundant and started sort of leaning more into sort of uh, starting as like independent contracting and then starting small businesses. And there's a, sort of a general, a, a thin spread of entrepreneurialism across the economy, especially in the UK where, where I'm from. That was, that was very apparent after the Great Recession. But there's, of course, the online communities that, that you've, all, you've mentioned and that, that probably most of the listeners are familiar with, like, are very, like, very much an expression of the sort of the digital face of that. So it's, um, it's yeah, it's quite often it's people that are making digital products and services or maybe hardware. Um, the thing with community, like, at least, you know, I've, I've been, I'm certainly someone that's, that's lurked on communities for a long time as well, right? Like, I think I, I sat on the sidelines of somewhere like Indie Hackers for months to sort of sort of absorbing information and uh, sort of enjoying the content. But but it's very passive. Like I might take some of it away and use it a little bit in my project. And that's that's the case with lots of tournaments and uh, sorry, lots of uh, communities. But um, if we take the, the example of Pioneer that you mentioned and that I mentioned that we've also been participants in, there's something very compelling about about incentivizing people to participate because the the value add from community is is huge and that that's I think that's probably one of the reasons why that you know we see now that the current rise of communities like private and public but it's a it's an expression of this collective recognition that that there's a there's a lot to be had from from sharing what you're learning and what you're doing and learning from others like out in the open yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree. And having just like, even just knowing that other people are doing what you're trying to do, it, you know, even if it's the same thing or a different thing is helpful in itself. Um, it's like that support. Um, so would love to go a little deeper into kind of like the UX of Hackerstash, not literally like design or anything, but a couple of specific questions is, will you, um, like you, you mentioned you're, you're going to have prizes and if you execute the most one week, you'll get this much. If you're second place, you'll get this much, you know, third place, this much, et cetera. Um, are you, you might've mentioned this and I might've missed it, but are you going to decide who ranks on the le- number one, two, three, four on the leaderboard based on community voting? Is it metric based? Like you're plugged into Stripe? Is it a combination of multiple things? Like how do you, how does someone, um, how does someone know why they ranked, how they ranked? Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's basically two elements to it. So if you're the the primary way that you're you're earning p- 
points towards your project is is via sort of sharing posts about your project and having like a sort of a very clear representation of what your project and product is and what you're working on in the community and people will discover it and they'll upvote your project and they'll they'll upvote posts and they'll engage with you in the comments and that's that's the main driver of of the sort of the like points towards the your project and those points determine the leaderboard there's nothing else that like there's nothing outside of that apart from that we incentivize community engagement so this comes back to that this that point in the the last topic we're discussing which is that if you don't engage in community then you know you might get 10 15 percent of the benefits that community has to offer but if you're actively participating in community then there's just like it's it's hard for people who haven't regularly engaged in community to really understand what those benefits are you you see people like like i've seen people do this so they they might chime in once of one post and and then because they're not a regular contributor they'll get like i mean indiacus is really great for example they, they surface like interesting posts and content and conversations from the community also some new people to the community but but not everywhere has that format and it's also the case that you still might find yourself sitting on the sidelines a lot but once you've started to engage and you realize that people are coming to you and they care about your success too and they want to share their, their like you know things that they've learned from from similar challenges that you're facing and and that's where the value really comes from it's, it's very specific to your own needs and and likewise like i mean personally for me like it's one of the reasons why things like stack exchange and stuff are, are interesting as well is that there's there's sort of a altruistic angle to it where it's it's actually nice to share your your own knowledge and help people to solve their problems it's a, it's a two-way street but but if you enter like an, an open public forum where you just you just sign up then it's hard to really get people to to engage so so we have like uh like weekly challenges which essentially so say you've earned i don't know 200 points throughout the the week from from sharing posts on and uh people voting on your project they thought that it looks really cool and you're making great progress but then you can make another 100 or so points from challenges so you'd get 10 points just for publishing a post and if you award points to 10 competitors you could earn 20 points and if you've you've had three of or of your posts earn five points themselves then it's a it's a measure of the fact that you've been adding valuable content to the community and that your peers in the community are in, enjoying your participation in it so so there's this sort of this whole strand of engage like of driving engagement through weekly challenges to make sure that you're getting the richest experience possible out of the community yeah, it's very, it's very thoughtful. Um, community is over. It, everyone tries to do community. They know it's important, but the very few people put in the, um, the, the, the thought rigor in order to actually make it work. Um, and it sounds like you're doing that, which is great. Uh, last question before we go into the final few. Who is the ideal user for this? Like if someone's listening and they're a singer-songwriter, could they sign up? If someone's listening and they have a newsletter, could they sign up? Or if someone you know has a high-growth startup that's venture-backed, could they sign up? Who's like the... Who are you trying to target with this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think primarily we we really want to focus on digital products and services to begin with. So it's it's not going to be suitable for for a like a solo 
musician, for example. And likewise, in terms of like where they're, where they're at in their sort of business development cycle, it's it's probably anyone from from right to like day zero. They've just had a great idea and they want to like just jump in the fray and start like showing great progress and validating the idea through to people that you, maybe you've taken some pre-seed or you could even be up to seed funding. But but it's likely that if if you're taking the sort of VC and investment track anyway, then once you've once you've reached that point in your development, then Hackerstash probably isn't going to be the community for you. And there's alongside this sort of, because the way you phrased that has sort of steered me into the discussion around sort of investment pathways, but likewise, it could be very suitable for someone that runs a, a nonprofit that's uh, sort of digitally enabled to, who wants to help cover some of their operating costs. So they want, they want to show how well they're, their nonprofit is doing and like any money they could make in the tournament they could use to I don't know pay their accountancy fees or or there's their server and hosting costs and that could extend to open source projects as well for example yeah it makes total sense and I like how you definitely have your ideal user and persona like nailed nailed down um, which is great because like this is something that anyone could potentially use depending on what they're working on. So it's good to kind of know where you're at there. Um, so let's, let's zoom out and let's zoom forward for 10 years or 20 years. Let's say you, you keep working on hacker stash and it becomes a, a success. It becomes big and it works for, for, for thousands, if not, you know, millions of makers, hackers, et cetera. What, what will it look like or what could it look like in a decade? Or I guess in other words, what is your vision for hacker stash? Yeah. So I think we want to meaningfully move the needle on business failure rate. So that's, that's probably the, the sort of crux of it. So th there's, we want more projects to survive. And once they've survived, we want them to go on and thrive. And the best way to do that is to create a platform that helps people to build a, a broad based business. So there's, I mean, that's probably something to be said about the sort of the future of entrepreneurialism more broadly and how it is, is rooted in personal obsessions with sustainability and like economically but also ecologically so if you think about current technology companies they often exist in in a paradigm that's analogous to intensive or extensive farming so there's poor quality foundations and exhaustive unsustainable practices that but they're mitigated by deploying more capital and more labor and there's fine it's, it's been like it's been massively successful for some some enterprises but just as these farming methods have hollowed out the planet's resources and left a few large-scale producers and countless low performing smaller businesses the same is true for the technology space right so at hackersash we want to like foster the digital equivalent of organic farming so we want the community members to be able to learn about and build solid fundamentals for the business and access to high quality nutrition that would be like you know advice and articles these cash injections we've talked about a lot but also being able to access promotional offers for digital products and services that can help them to to build a stable solid foundation to the business so you know in 10 years time i'd like to be able to look at the the sort of alumni of hackerstash and say where you know 80 percent of businesses would have failed in over five years it might be the case that you know 60% of the businesses that have been through Hackerstash have failed because business failure rates are still high. But the benefits of that are, are that you know there's 
that like when we when we I mean that's part of the original rationale for starting Hackerstash and a, a product that can help businesses is that the the best way to support the economy and society going forward is that we can create businesses that can provide jobs. That's like in as a way of supporting growth of the of the tail end of the economic crisis we're heading into now, but also in the face of automation that's already eating into into jobs and people's livelihoods. So. Yeah, I align with all of that. That is that is awesome. I, more entrepreneurship, more successful entrepreneurship is is the name of the game, and is is net positive. Um, you know, if, if they're kind of starting it with the right inputs, so so that's great. But you know, fortunately and unfortunately, that's going to take a lot of work to get there, right? You're going to need a lot of help. You might need some employees. You obviously need tons of makers and hackers, maybe investors, maybe not, depending on what you want to do. But you will definitely need 100% help from the forward-thinking founders community. So, for my last question for you, is how can the forward-thinking founders community help you with Hackerstash? Are you looking for users? Are you, are you hiring? Are you looking for investors? What's an ask that you have for the listeners? Yeah, the, I mean, of course, users, great. I think it's probably the cliche answer, but any, I mean, anyone that's got an idea or, or an early stage business that wants to find ways to help drive that forwards and, and engage with a new community that's going to help support you, then head over to Hackerstash. It's hackerstash.com and, uh, uh, well, we're looking to launch next month. There's a wait list you can join so you'll get updates and know when that happens. But but I think like more broadly thinking about the, the Forward Thinking Founders community, one of the things we want to offer like alongside sort of cash prizes is to provide people access to sort of interesting tools and services that are going to help their business. So if anybody thinks that they, they have a like, yeah, a product that might be beneficial to, to other people in that space and you want to to use that as an opportunity to bring business your way as well then then yeah get in touch you can you can email hello at hackerstash.com and uh, just just tell us what what you're working on and uh, and how that might be helpful to the community and for my last question i usually don't ask this but i have to ask you this time your domain is sweet I mean, I have to, did you just snag it on go <laughs> did you just snag it or did you have to buy it from like if you don't have to go into it if you don't want to but like how did you get your domain it's a great domain yeah no that honestly that was that was pure luck like i'm not <laughs> we, like I've, I've been in that battle a hundred times like just racking your brain for like what is going to what's the url that's really going to capture the essence of, of what we're doing here and very early on in the discussions we like we we struck across that this idea of like you, you're building up a little like stash of resources and res reserves to help you like power your business and then yeah we, we typed a few things in GoDaddy and then boom it was there and like yeah it was just good fortune I guess beautiful that is amazing well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast I really align with what you're doing I I love the power of entrepreneurship when done used for good and it sounds like that's what you're focused on and bringing more out into the world. So I wish you the best of luck and I'll, I'll probably be signing up too. So look out for my name in your, in your, in your logs in the next couple of minutes. And I just appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much. And thanks for all the amazing work you're doing with the podcast.